Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode of Rams Talk Radio is sponsored by TickPick, which should be your pick to buy football tickets because it will save you money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Rams Talk Radio podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Now on to the show. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 he seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Right steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. For our preview episode, the Rams going to New York to, to face the struggling Giants. This is a beat-up team, and yet the Rams have a couple issues of their own, a couple injuries to deal with on their own, and they're on the road for the second straight week going from West Coast now to East Coast. Mike, how are you? What's going on, D.C., and our folks out there in Ramley land? Man, I'm doing well, sir. Man, I love that uh, opening. Man, I always feel like I'm running down the runway accepting my all-pro award that I didn't receive in real time, but I can take it in thought time now. But anyway, man, all is good out here on the West Coast, best coast. The best oh. coast. Over the West Coast. That's what they say. In That's the West what coast. they say. The best coast. Yeah. So, a couple things about this game that we're heading into here. That I just, I just want to jump into it because, one, the Dodgers are on tonight for all the Dodgers fans that want to watch that game. Hopefully, can take up the Giants. Um, there's a football game on the night. There's a lot going on. And quite frankly, this game lacks a little story going into it. So are we jumping in the shallow or the deep end? I don't know because like this has in so, I mean, this has in some ways trap game written all over it. The Giants it usually give the Rams problems. It's, I just think like the last year, that 2017 game is kind of that game's that was yeah that was in my view a rarity in this series. The Giants usually give them problems, but the Giants have so many injuries to so many different key players 
It's hard to imagine them being in the game this weekend. Yet, the Rams have been off for 10 days. It is a West Coast team going to the East Coast for an early game. And, I mean, if I'm honest, I haven't seen the Rams really put together a complete game in all facets all year. Offense, defense, special teams. They've shown signs of it in different areas, right? At different times. But we haven't seen the Rams do it full bore go. And, and I mean, and I, I talked about it in a little bit in our interview with, with Nikki Snacks in that I want to see, the, I really want to see this Rams team put the boot to the head of the snake here for a game. Just destroy a team. I want to see it. I want them to show me what they can do. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I think ultimately what you're speaking of, and I think anyone who pays any attention to football at any level, we're looking for consistency, you know, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. You know, you have these, you know, there's old saying when we're coming through, you got to win at least two of the three phases to win a ball game. But that's always relative to what phase is actually, you could be winning those, but you lose them, you lose the defensive end and you still could end up losing the game, you know, or you don't do well in the kicking game and you need that field goal kicker to make that last second field goal. Well, you may have won in the phases of the game, but you didn't win the game. So that's kind of something that can be, you know, a lot of truth to it. But when you win, but not so much when you lose. So I think ultimately we are all looking for consistency in all those phases, knowing that if you can do that, then you have a very good chance of putting it in a win column. And I, I mean, they should win this game. They, they should. should. I mean, this this to me is their easiest matchup thus far this year. And that's not a slight towards the Giants. They're just beat up. And they already are, are underperforming where they should be. I mean, look at the injury list. I mean, I pulled this up and was like, you freaking serious. Here we go. On the on the Rams side, by the way, Aaron Dahl mispracticed yesterday with a knee injury. I don't know if you knew that. And today he was limited. Makes you a little nervous, doesn't it? Just a little nervous. Yeah, I mean, did he get hurt in practice? And it was just reported yesterday. I'm not, I'm not, I, mean, I guess he took a knock in the game. But he just, yeah, I, I just saw a little clip uh, a few minutes ago as I'm just kind of peeking around on some things. But I'm like, well, when did he get hurt? So, man, uh, yeah, I mean, that does something a little bit to the psyche, I think. So, yeah, I, mean, I would think so. But, hey, just check this out. On the Giants side. Saquon Barkley, out right now. I mean, he has not played all week. He's not going to play. Kenny Galladay, a knee injury. He hasn't played in practice all week. Daniel Jones, concussion. We talk about that in the Giants interview. Center Matt Skura, limited. Andrew Thomas, tackle. The guy who's been protecting Daniel Jones all year, limited. Rodarius Williams, corner, did not play. Guard, Ben Braderson, limited. Nate Edmer, safety, limited. Jabril Peppers, safety, limited. Logan Ryan, safety, limited. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver, limited. Darius Slayton, limited. Kadarius Toney, limited. Oh, my gosh, that's an injury list. 
This is the most beat up team we've seen this year. All those, all those dynamics there. I mean, this should be a Rams win, and it should be a fairly comfortable one. But they also there's reasons why they play the game. This is the NFL. I mean, we've seen weirder things happen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And again, you know, we got a few things. I mean, how is Matt Stafford's accuracy? You know, is is you know the finger going to be a problem? Uh, again, you have much needed days for just kind of the rest, you know, as you get ready to, uh, well, yeah, we still haven't had our bye, right? No. Yeah, we, we still have a bye. We have a bye. It was, that was a, the 10 days off because of the Thursday game. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, uh, but now you're getting ready to start to get into, you know, not so much the stretch run, but, you know, we're about to be at the halfway mark uh, pretty quick here. And from there, you know, it goes really fast. So, you know, at this time, you should be picking up a little bit more momentum, you know, again, in all these areas we've talked about, you know, and improving and getting things dialed in, you know. And so a little bit of the consistency is. You know, one week, ooh, Cooper Cuff, man, he's all American. Ooh, next week, oh, Deshaun Jackson, he's back. Oh, yes. Oh, next week, oh, Robert Woods, we hadn't heard from him. So you kind of have this situation where you have this one guy that seems to get the hot hand a little bit. But if you're going to win in the league, you got to be able to maybe get two hot hands in a game. But you get one hot hand, you're just sticking with that. So. For me, that's why I'm talking about consistency. Are we able to really spread the ball around on offense, whether it's the run game or the passing game, as opposed to these seem like these individual, uh, you know, what would be Herculean situations for uh, a, a single offensive player? I mean, with all that in mind, I mean, I, I guess when I'm looking at this game, Parmy wants to take, you know, just wants to take the foot off, and and Parmy's thinking, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, what now? You know, this is one of those games where you're thinking, okay, this looks like a forty to ten game. You know what I'm saying? And hearing you talk about that, and hearing you talk about, you know, other concerns, there's always going to be that negative, you know, feeling because we've seen like, okay, how about this? The Jets game last year. There you go. Remember that game? Do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that in mind, Mike, you know, let's go ahead and talk with Nikki Doris real quick, sorry, and get his views, and we'll be right back, folks. All right, folks, I'm here with Nick Isadori, Nikki Snacks from the Bleed and Blue podcast. The guy is my go-to when I need a guy for the Giants to come talk some football. Enjoy always get some wrestling into sometimes. Always good to talk to you, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing good, Derek. How are you? I mean, you know, never a bad day unless your football team is awful. But, you know. What, guess, what are you uh, trying to say? What are you trying to say? That my team's awful. You, you know, you, 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 you this is the happiest I've ever seen you look. So. Oh, well. I mean, it's I'm not 930 at night like normal. But, no, I'm, if you were to ask me about how I feel with my Rams right now, I'd say there's a lot of good going on there. There are some things that still concern me. Um, and when I'm looking at the Giants, I'm wondering, you know, hold on a minute. This is a team I view as being up and coming. So what's falling apart? Because I really do feel like the Giants are 
are up and coming. Not playing yeah. like it. No, Why? no, they're not. They're not. Um, so they came out very flat in week one against Denver. Nothing seemed to click. It was the same boring, generic offense that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, then week two, when we're playing, we're playing Washington on short, short rest. The offense finally explodes, and they do everything they should to win a football game. And then they intercept the ball with the lead late, with just over two minutes, and they run the ball up the middle three times, gain nothing, punt the ball back, go down. And jump off sides on a potential game-winning kick. And, of course, he misses it. They jump off sides, and then they kick it, and they make it. So you got you to win those games. Then you play Atlanta at home, and you drop two interceptions. You have a terrible pass interference call. You let a lousy, lousy Atlanta Falcons team beat you on your home field. And then you, you miraculously beat the Saints in the Superdome when nobody in the world thought you could. And then you just get absolutely decimated with injuries in Dallas in the first half. And then the whole mood changes. And here we are because Daniel Jones has, obviously, he didn't play the second half last week. But he has looked very, very good. And that's, without a doubt, the most, I guess I want to say, uh, or the high point so far of the season, you could say. The most encouraging part of the season is him finally progressing in his third year, and then you have Andrew Thomas, who everybody thought was a turnstile last year, has absolutely locked down that the left side of the line. Um, but other than that, it's been pretty ugly. I don't know what's going on. The coaching is not what I thought it would be coming off of last year. The defense has regressed beyond belief, which I think is the most surprising for um, us Giants fans and probably from uh, football fans looking on an outside in that that defense is just not good. And it was very good last year. You, you know, you saw with your Rams. Um, we gave up 17 points last year to the Rams on the road. Like we were, were in every game. And this year it's just been an absolute disaster. So I wish I could tell you w- what's really going on, but I think it's a, just a plethora of bad coaching time or uh, bad timed injuries and just a lot of regression. Well, it really seemed to me like, you know, Joe Judge had things in the right path. You're talking about bad coaching. What's changed? Like, where did things go wrong? Yeah, that's a great question because I know when we talked before the season, I was I had high praise for him and Patrick Graham and uh, just the coaching staff in general because obviously in football, coaching means a whole hell of a lot. I, I think it's he's got a very conservative approach. Um, he's very stubborn in playing guys. Look at Kadarius Toney what he did last week and what he did against the Saints. He didn't play the first three games. Why? There's like zero reason why he wasn't out on the field. Then you have, you're playing Nate Solder on the right side who's getting blown away every single snap when Matt Pert, who granted second year rookie out of UConn, you're not expecting huge things, but why not play the young guy over the old guy who you know is terrible? So I think Judge has just been very stubborn, very conservative. There were some fourth down calls that he didn't go for Especially in the Atlanta game, he punted on his own 39-yard line on fourth and two. Like, what are you doing? Go win the game. Um, so it's just it, Patrick Graham has not – the defensive coordinator used to play two high safeties back last year. They'd stuff the box. They'd play his corners up. Now he's playing everybody loose. The cover three, it's just not working, and they're not adjusting. So it's uh, very frustrating. One of the biggest complaints – we've had over on our side is a defense that plays too much zone, um, plays it soft, and that's resulted in, in some some problems in games. 
And so I get the frustration of in terms of what are they doing with adjustment-wise. But this was a team that seemed to make adjustments last year. I mean, again, the Rams game is a great example. And the Giants played tough in a, a lot of games last year. So seeing them giving up 40 and getting up 30 this and 30 this, I'm, I'm blown away at this regression. What are you guys hearing out of campus So the reason why they're being, well, for lack of a better word, stubborn? Yeah, I, I think they're stuck in their own ways as to what worked last year, but clearly it's not this year. And, you know, we were told, excuse me, we were told by Joe Judge that, you know, play to your players' strengths and um, adapt or die, as he always says. And they did that last year. When something wasn't working, they changed it. And this year, they're just doing the same thing over and over and over. And if you do the same thing over and over and over and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. So I, I don't understand or who's in whose ear, whether it's Judge, whether it's Graham, whether it's Garrett, who's in whose ear that's saying, okay, no, it'll just work itself out. You know, and obviously there's your beat reporters are talking about, well, they can't do this because of the injuries. And there's fans on Twitter and Giants Twitter. Well, if this guy wasn't injured and this guy, they could run this differently. Okay, whatever. As a coach, you're supposed to put your players in the best possible spot to succeed, and they're just not doing it. And I, I truly do not understand. The Cowboy game was the only game they really got blown out. And you know what? Once your starting quarterback goes down and your star running back goes down and your number one receiver goes down, I could probably understand why you felt deflated and, and you just got your ass kicked. But other than that, you, you know, a lot of these losses are coming on coaching and mental errors, mm. which... The coaches should should be enforcing during the week of practice. So it's it, it's just all, it's very it's very frustrating because I truly believed in Joe Judge and this coaching staff, and I've completely taken a one eighty. I don't I don't trust them at all anymore. Um, you're showing me that you're trying to stick with your stubborn ways, and that that's just not going to fly. If you're going to keep doing that and keep getting the same results, then I don't know what you tell you. You don't have my support. That's for sure. So. What is the status of Daniel Jones this weekend? Saquon Barkley. I've been, I mean, I waited to ask you. I didn't even look it up. Right, right. What's going so on? Barkley's out. Barkley's out. Barkley and Galladay are out for sure. Um, if you saw how Jones got up and wobbled and foamed out of his mouth, you would have expected him to be out. Uh, but to a shock to all of us Giants fans on Twitter and the internet. He was in pads running and throwing today. Apparently, he's got two more phases of concussion protocol to pass to play on Sunday, and he's got uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to do it. So um, Judge said things are trending up, and I would have thought for sure Mike Lennon would be under center on Sunday, but it's looking more and more like that Daniel Jones actually may be uh, risking the rest of his brain cells to go play on Sunday. So um, God bless him. God bless the toughness. but. I would tread lightly with that offensive line and Aaron Donald coming at you. I was just thinking that it's not just Aaron. It's just like Aaron Donald. It's Leonard Floyd. Yeah, Leonard Floyd. Yeah, yep, I mean, yep. <laughs> who I would have, who I wanted the Giants to sign in the offseason, but of course not. Or two, whenever it was. Two, I, two offseason. I would really wonder about that. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking about the Rams team's been off for 10 days, had a chance to tweak up some things. A team facing a team, the Giants, without their best running back, without the best receiver. And you're going to throw your franchise quarterback out there coming off a concussion? Yeah, it's, it, it does not make sense. They may be without Andrew Thomas. Like, I don't know what, I truly do not know what they're thinking at all. <laughs> it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. 
So it seems almost that the Rams are getting the Giants at the right time. They're going to kill us, yeah. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bloodbath. Never underestimate the Rams' ability to play down to opponents. Uh, Fair, and, I guess you guys did that with us last year, too. But I uh, mean, <laughs> Well, no, you guys came out there and played a great game last year. We did. But, we did. I was actually one of our better games, but of course, you know. If the Giants can go out there and just burn clock and just keep you know, nickel and diming the Rams' defense, that's what teams have been doing this year. They've been doing a lot of nickel and diming, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. Just, right. you know, keeping the defense on the field, breaking them, getting tired. And that's how teams are, you know, beating the Rams. That's how, well, that's how the Cardinals did it. That's how right. the Bears gave us problems and all. Are the Giants capable of doing something like that right now? Well, it, it's funny because uh, from last year and, you know, from what you see and during the games, that's kind of Jason Garrett's philosophy. He wants to have long, sustaining drives that get the defense tired. And with a team like the Rams, I think that's a great move because you get the Rams offense out there, they go boom, 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 and score in four plays on this defense. So I think uh, if Daniels, if Jones is under center, I think they are capable of doing it. You have Sterling Shepard coming back, which is, which is huge for, for Jones uh, because he's that safety blanket and he's that great slot receiver that's going to catch everything thrown his way. If they can move the chains and they, they run their – their conservative offense without Barkley, it's a little tougher, but I do think that I do think it's possible because I've seen it. I've seen it this year, especially against Washington. Um, the Saints they had some great drives too. Uh, even Atlanta they had two very nice touchdown drives. Um, I think this is probably the best defense we've faced, even though you're, or maybe the best pass rush. I would I would say. Um, so it's going to have to be quick hitters, and they're going to have to catch the ball. They've had problems catching the ball. And if they're not catching the ball, then we're kind of screwed anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But um, I'd say they're not incapable. Um, but I would be surprised if they can kind of keep that flow of an offensive game plan all game. What about the actual Rams offense versus Giants defense matchup? Where is there? <laughs> I see the look on your face. What is there right now for Giants fans to hang their hats on? hoping Matt Stafford hurts his hand. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I, and I hope he doesn't. I love Stafford. I'm a big fan. Um, and never root for injuries. That's also another thing I should have pointed out earlier, with, like what's gone wrong. They have The Giants have no pass rush at all. None. Uh, it, even when they blitz, they cannot get to the quarterback. The quarterback has 20 seconds to throw. And you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. You got Darrell Henderson out of the backfield. I, James Bradbury was an all pro last year. Who's he's been awful this year. He gave up four mm-hmm. touchdowns last year. He's already given up six in five games this year, four games, however many they played. Um, so it, it's very, it's very concerning. I, I would just, I, the only thing that giants that I feel like can hang their hat on in, in hopes for a competitive game is if the Rams, they travel to the East coast and play a one o'clock game and they start out very lethargic and the giants get out to a lead. And then maybe you're able to put some pressure on that on on Stafford. Uh, it's really like my biggest key of what they could do to. I cannot say they're going to win the game. They're not going to win the game, um, but to keep it close and at least respectable, that's that's what we have to hope for. That they come out lethargic, kind of like they did against Seattle, because um, that first half of the Rams with Seattle was was brutal. Uh, I know they turned it on completely in the second half, and um, even, they were gonna they were gonna beat Seattle even without, you know, with Russell, uh, Russell Wilson in. So 
Um, I think they got to take advantage of a slow start by the Rams potentially and just keep your, your pedal to the metal. You, if you score, you better not get conservative and play for field goals. If it's fourth and two on the 31, um, you got to go for it. You got to go for touchdowns, especially against this Rams offense. And the thing is, is on, from my point of view on things, and this is not any kind of level of disrespect towards the Giants, so the Giants are they're like a wounded animal right now. Okay. Yeah, and this sure. is a Rams team that's had some problems. And they're, they're four and one. I'm glad they're there. But they really, in my view, need a blowout for many reasons. They, they need a blowout just to kind of calm everybody else out. I mean, they need a blowout just mm-hmm. for confidence. Like, they, need, they need a blowout just to rest people. And this, to me, it kind of has that feel to what it could be. But yeah, you and I have talked about this in the past. Outside of that 51-17 game a couple years back, the Giants give the Rams fits right? almost every time. Mm-hmm. Can this yeah, Giants team do that right close. now? Yeah, yeah it, it's... Uh, so I, if the Rams are going to blow a team out, this is the one. You know, like... And my, you know, one of my favorite coaches is Sean McVay. Don't, you know, maybe it's the hair or maybe it's just <laughs> that he's a phenomenal offensive mind and I'm very jealous. But, you know, if he's got them fired up at one o'clock, because I, I know that the West Coast time, I, I, I know that's a real thing when mm-hmm. California teams literally go across the country and play at one o'clock. That's not an easy, it's not like an easy light switch in the, in the head. So that's, I'm hopeful that's going to be the case. Um, at least for the first half, but I, Derek, I, honestly, if I'm making a prediction, I cannot see this game being within like 17 points. So uh, I Lord. fully expect the Rams to just cut it. Hey, we're, we're also, you said it earlier too. This is that they've had 10 days off. They, they've, they're healed up. They're healthy. You know, they're chomping at the bit. Maybe they were playing a little too close with Seattle. They, they see a wounded dog right, right in front of their face in the Giants. All these injuries, how can you not go out and be fired up to just go beat the ever-living crap out of a football team? And I, I can easily see them doing it, and I can understand why you would want that in a, in a sense to, to rest guys, to kind of give that even more of a morale boost. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, you know what? You want to play? You want us to play a, a dog crap team? Well, this is what we're going to do to that dog crap team and just pound them into submission. Um, so I could easily see that being the case with the Rams and Giants on Sunday. Well, I mean, I don't want to see the Giants. I'm, I got family who, uh, who are Giants fans. I don't want to see them get hammered. But right now, I kind of need them to see them hammer, get hammered. <laughs> now, listen, I understand so, if the roles were reversed, I would have the, I would have the same response. So I, I, mean, I hope your team gets out of there healthy at least. You know, the guys who are hurt can come back that, sooner. That, that's my biggest concern is just getting out of there healthy and then playing the rest of the season. There, there you go. All right. So, Nick, can you let people know where they can find your work at? Yes. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, snacks underscore BDGE. Uh, I do a fantasy football podcast with uh, Big Dogs Gotta Eat. So, if you like fantasy and stuff like that, um, for any Giant fans that are listening, uh, me and my, my friend Justin Pennick, we do a, a show called Bleeding Blue. And you can find that at, uh, at bleeding underscore blue, I believe it is, off the top of my head. Or you can find it in my bio, whichever. Um, whichever you prefer. And that's a podcast centered solely around Giants history. So now that the Giants have been bad for a decade, uh, a lot of people seem to like that show because we, we talk about the good times and really mm-hmm. break down old seasons and old games and old players. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And 
um, yeah, you can you can find me there. And I, I sometimes get a little too uh, a little too rowdy and ridiculous on that podcast. So you might you guys might enjoy that too. So. I mean, honestly, you and I need to connect in the office. We've talked about it before because you and I are both big history football buffs. So yes, definitely need yes. to connect again soon. Be nice to connect over a playoff game. That, but that would be in the near been future. A hot minute. That would be ideal. But maybe, yeah. maybe next year. <laughs> I still think the Giants aren't far away. I really believe no, that. Yeah, I, 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 they do have the right. I think they have good pieces. I think they found a quarterback. I, I truly do. I think he could be very good. They found a franchise left tackle, which is not easy to do. Um, they have the weapons, seeing what Tony did, and they have Shepard, and they'll have Galladay coming back next week. Um, they got to short. They got to get that pass rush together, and um, they really got to. They got to fix some holes in the in the back seven. But um, there are definitely some pieces there to build around and be um, pretty excited about. All right, real quick before we get back to the conversation. Is a word from our sponsors. All right. So, as you know, Rams football is back. We're in week six now. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching for tickets over the internet for the Rams or any other NFL team because TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K, that's right. TickPick is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge and in the end, it saves you money. Don't believe it? If you find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I'm going out for a game this year. I know you are. If you're looking for tickets, especially with the meat of the Rams schedule coming up at SoFi and on the road, TickPick's got you covered. I know I'm going out for the Tennessee game later on this year. That's going to be a great one out there in SoFi. You saw the 49ers coming in. You saw the Seahawks coming in. Great games on the road as well. So go check it out. TickPick.com forward slash RTR. Use the code RTR and save 10 bucks on your first order for Rams tickets. Choose TickPick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Mike, you know, Nick seems to think this is going to be a, a bludgeoning. It's going to be ugly. The Rams should not, should not keep this game within 17 points. It'll be a 20, 25, whatever point blow. That's what he seems to think. This is the NFL. Things go weird. For the Rams, for you, if you're at path three keys for the Rams to just go in there and do what they need to do on Sunday, what are they going to be? Well, again, one of my keys is, can we be on track offensively, like throughout the game? You know, is it going to be a single player or is it going to truly be a collective uh, outcome or output from from the total offense, not just kind of one play player? Uh and another key is because, you know, in the Meadowlands, you get that win. Well, they're not the Meadowlands or what is New Met Life or whatever their stadium is now. 
but you still got the wind that swirls. And so can our guy, Matt Gay, get mm. get down with these kicking problems? You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, last week he missed a 46er. Uh, he kicked some balls out of bounds against Seattle. Well, that was Seattle, but uh, or missed a 46 against Arizona, kicking balls out against Seattle. So can he get on track a little bit better? You know, so you you got those kind of situations. And again, we we haven't really heard anything out here as far as, you know, Stafford and his finger. You know, everybody wants to make it seem like that. And can we not end up in a trap game where maybe Aaron Donald doesn't play? And then we're like, oh, man, you know, and then uh, now you're in a game. It looks like we should be blowing them out and we're not. It's like 10 to 7 going into the fourth quarter or something. You know what I mean? And they got a chance to to go down and kick a field goal or whatever. Uh, That's what we don't need it to be. You always talk about, as you said earlier, I want to see this team just kind of manhandle somebody, you know, and just kind of show everybody, yeah, this this is not a team that anyone wants to reckon with as opposed to, you know, some of the inconsistency that that we've discussed over these last couple of weeks. What's your big three? Well, I want to keep this team healthy more than anything else. I want, I want destruction on the field, but I want them healthy. So I would like to see a, a ball control game. I'd like to see that defense getting after the Giants offense quickly taking control for time possession and then ram the ball down the Giants throat, just wear them down. You know, so I say a ball control game, compl- domination up front. So my goal, I guess, th- th- to clarify, um, I want trench domination, both offensive line, defensive line, trench domination, control the line of scrimmage throughout the game on both sides. Don't give the underdog here a chance to take advantage of you, and I want to give my offense and my defense a, a great chance at that blowout that, I'm all, that I've been hoping for, that complete game. And the Rams really haven't done that a whole lot this year. They showed some signs of it in the Seattle game, but I want to see, I just want to see a mauling out there. Okay. And then and in the process, you're going to protect that finger and a mass effort, and you're going to protect some of the other injuries on the offense especially. Just go out there and run them down the pros. Short passing as well. Don't, you know, I would like to see a camera too is get more people involved. This is the kind of game where, you know, a Van Jefferson who we've talked about, we think this person can be a star. Well, I want to see more of Van Jefferson. And this is the kind of game where you can get a lot more of him involved in there. And three, I want to see some progress in the secondary. Uh, our secondary issues this year, I mean, let's not, let's be real. They just haven't been very good overall. Individually, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, but overall they haven't been very good. And with Darius Williams out now for a couple of weeks, you need these guys to step up. David Long, uh, you know Jordan Fuller. You need these guys to get in there and become what you need them to be. And you need to become that now. And you have three games against you know so-so opponents, so-so or less opponents, to get that secondary straight before you get into the meat of your schedule. So it begins now. That's what I want to see. I want to see that secondary. Getting some real, getting their assignments right, moving together as well as in, as a team against an NFL opponent. I want to see the trenches dominated, and I want to see a ball control game. Get a nice, get a pretty twenty, you know, twenty-eight to seven win. Time possession for 35, 40 minutes. I'd be thrilled with that. Wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, I definitely want to see the run game get a little bit more on track. And I don't know that it's off track. It just seems like, you know, I mean, against Seattle, I just sometimes I don't understand a little bit of uh, Coach McVay's thinking, not that I need to and not that he cares, but if you're getting more than four yards a crack in the run game, especially on first down, I don't know why that checks off a box. You know, ooh, we picked up a first down by run. All right, now let's go back to passing it 10 more times before we run it again or 15 more times before we run again. So I don't I don't know kind of the thinking. I mean, I don't know. What what are you seeing? I, I just see it. It seems like we just go away from the run game when it's actually being it looks pretty dominant when you're getting four, six, eight yards of carry. To me, stick with the run game a little bit more. And you're going to allow the Daryl Henderson to, you know, eventually break one of those. Any back will tell you, hey, man, feed me a little bit more because I'm I, I feel like I'm about to break one. And it looks like that happens and we go away from it. Thoughts. I look at it as I want to see them more involved early in the game. I get what they've been doing, kind of using the short pass again to get the running game started in the second half. But I want to see them earlier. I because that short passing game, you still have that potential for incompletion. If you're consistent in your running game early, that gives you a good head start of controlling the line of scrimmage at getting, you know, that rant that Giants offense off the field more and wearing down the Giants defense with physicality. So I definitely want to see a more consistent run game early. This is the kind of game where I think you want to do that too. You're on the road in New York. It's an early game. You're probably going to feel a little bit sluggish out there. No matter what they say. I mean, it's still an early game. It's a 1 o'clock game. For for the Rams, that's 10 o'clock. That's 10 o'clock. And they're not used to playing that early. So I think that establishing that run will be a big for ensuring a dominant win. And don't think for a minute, I'm assuming the Rams win this game. I think they win. I think it's like a 95% chance they win. But this is, again, it's still the NFL. That 5% is there. And I want to make sure they get that win secured. Um, early, very early. Yeah, I would like to uh, diddle that in the sense of when we think of the preseason, right? We're like, man, where are all these veterans? They need to get in here and get some snaps. But this is a game that you would like to go in, especially on the East Coast, go in their backyard, show them who's the boss early, often, and then let those guys, you know, rest it up the second half, you know, and, and let those other guys that, as you say, uh, need a little extra work, if you will, or get some more confidence in a real game that means something. That way, you know, you're continuing to develop the guys at the NFL level. You know, a lot of times you think like, oh, it's a guy on an NFL team. Yes, but that guy still needs development because maybe defensively, let's say maybe one guy could cover well, didn't tackle well. So he needs to develop in his tackle game. Or if he tackled well and didn't cover so well, hey, he needs to develop his covering game. So you have these situations across the board where you look like a game like this. It looks like that you can get some other guys in the game to at least get that experience, to get that, uh, at least for myself, you know, I like to, as I got to play more, uh, you know, my first game, you're just playing when I started, you know, late in the year in 87, 
man, a lot of it is just you're just playing off adrenaline. Hey, man, I'm in the starting lineup tonight. Man, we're playing, you know, up here in Frisco. Oh, man, this is crazy. You know, whatever it is. Uh, and you like to get that out the way. Now, again, you know, maybe I date myself. And at the time, you know, coming out of Fresno State, no, we weren't playing uh, against 90,000 like they were in the big house and some of the games with Notre Dame. Yeah, we didn't have that many fans like that. 35, we're like, yes. <laughs> so when you get out there amongst, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 people yelling and screaming, you know, for me, it was a little bit different. So I would definitely like to see all these things happen on the road, you know, have a nice trip back home and then go get the next one. But uh, it just get it. You just kind of have that feeling like you're saying that five percent. It's still the Giants. It's still at their home. You're still going to have to deal with the wind kicker and quarterbacks. And so uh, the game start time and all that good stuff. And, it, you know, yes, these guys are professionals, but it's still a challenge because you still have to operate in real time. In today's time, when you leave the West Coast and it's like, man, it's nice and sunny practices and, you know, whatever it is over in T.O., nice facility. And then you got to go play across the country that can change the setting a little bit. I mean. When you look at this overall, though. What would go wrong? What, what goes wrong for the Rams in this game, considering the team they're facing that they would lose this game? Based well, on what we'll you've go, seen thus far this year. What I've seen is if, let's say, Matthew Stafford accuracy sometimes seems like, okay, what happened? The guy was right there, overthrew it, underthrew it, bounced on the ground. So I think, again, we'll, we'll see early within the first two series if that finger, especially if the wind is kicking up. And again, that wind out there, it swirls. It's not like... It's just coming one direction. It just kind of comes a direction and swirls around. So you you got to get used to throwing it, and you got to be able to kind of zing it through the wind a little bit. Uh, but even still, uh, a guy like Dan Moreno, very strong arm, in my opinion, you know, when we play up there, you know, he would have some trouble, especially if it's chilly. It's not going to be that chilly for, for the Rams. But I think uh, Stafford's finger – and accuracy is something, you know, those can be interceptions in a game like this. And again, certain interceptions, no matter what, they 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 will get returned for a touchdown. Uh, or maybe the ball, fl- you know, is a little bit high and, you know, the receiver jumps up and it flips, hits it and it flips to the defender. So that's what I'm going to be looking for early on is to see how accurate is uh, Matt Stafford in his throws and the timing of it all. And that's what I think in the end, for me, they they really are doing a great job protecting him. They're doing a good job of, I think, diversifying his, you know, the play calling as well. You know, that's going to be key for him, just a nice, easy game. Nothing to really mess up his finger. Make, you know, hoping, you know, keep him out of position to, to make bad throws, you know. But but also defensively, and, you know, the big concern is, again, what we've seen throughout the early weeks of the long drives. I want I want to see if, if well, the Giants have any chance of winning this game. 
they're get, they're going to do the same thing. They have to have the long drives to keep the Rams' offense off the field to wear down the Rams' defense. That's now the recipe for being the Rams. Point blank. Some teams have been successful at it. Most haven't, but they've been close, close than people realize. So I, I just want to see in that respect that not be a problem come Sunday. I mean, everybody does. Oh, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. So I want to go ahead and make a prediction. What's your, you know, in terms of one prediction? For the My prediction uh, is simple. Uh, I'm calling 17-7 Rams. Really? That low scoring of a game? You sure about that? I'm not trying to say I'm telling you, telling you, but I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> that that win is going to be a problem. It it just always is. Uh, now, if there's no win for some reason, then, you know, I would have to say, hey, I got to eat a little crow. But because the win and again, you have to practice in that kind of stuff to know, OK, we're going to the south end or the east end, whatever's goals, however it's set up. And if you play there, you kind of know how the wind can swirl or do different things. But that's not something you can prepare for when you're playing out here on the West Coast when you don't have that problem. So it's pretty hard. And, you know, another thing we don't talk a lot about, where's Matthew Stafford played his whole career? Inside or outside? Inside. You're right. You see what I mean? So but he's also played in places like Chicago and Green Bay, and you can't forget true. that part. True, but the difference is he's played in those places consistently. So probably after his second or third year, he kind of had, you know, now you got six games in each one of those stadiums uh, over that time period. And then, or well, I guess it would be depending on how many played that year, playoffs, but Let's just call it, you know, you had three or four four times. Well, now you have a little bit of memory on what it's like to play there, you know. But Giants, you see them every so often, and it switches up. We go that way. They come this way, you know. But you might not see them every year or, you know, twice a year. So that's that's to me, is going to be the difference in this situation because you got to remember – Matt's now been out here throwing in a whole different situation. You know, in Detroit, at certain times, they're in the bubble. You're not going outside practicing in the snow. So uh, now, do I hope that those games that he has played in, those Chicago and uh, Green Bay, will come back and play dividends for us, you know, playoff time or later in the year when we're playing in some of these places? Absolutely. But, but again, I think with the t- extra 10 days, I hope that's a plus and not a negative. And that, and that would be a concern for anybody. I think they, I think they needed it at the time. And they, that was a rough game with Seattle. They had just also lost that Cardinals game. They, they, they needed it. Let's just say that. So I'm going to go, I think it's going to be a 20. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. Um, I think the Rams are going to want to get out of there. So not going to want to risk anybody, so they'll, they'll probably go make things happen. Um, so I would say, in this case, I'm going to go 
28-10. How's that? 28-10. Rams win. And that's my prediction. Boy, I hope I'm right. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I hope I actually hope I'm wrong. I hope it's like 45 to 3 or some crazy number like that. Right, I, I right. want to see a head-stomping game. That's what I want to see. All right, so let's get out of here. Um, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. Me on Twitter, DC Paul, Mike at 1D23. Don't forget the Rams Talk Facebook page. We also have the Rams Talk Room, which is a group where people talk a bit more in there. And also our website as well, RamsTalk.net. We're out of here. Have a great one. Enjoy.